This is Dr. Kara Shepard, and you're listening to Goat Talk with the Goat Doc. Thanks for listening to Goat Talk with the Goat Doc. Uh, This episode is going to be talking about... I think I'm going to try to focus on goats and kind of keeping track of your goats and registered versus not registered. And what does that mean and why do you care? been thinking about this for a couple of days and I may get off on tangents about other things but and also has spurred some ideas in my mind about like what other things that I really would like to talk about I think I'm gonna have to get back on my soapbox about permanent identification legal identification for goats and what the options are to kind of refresh that and actually I think it's been updated since I did my first episode about goat ID because I downloaded a new flow chart from the uh it's the USDA that does the scrapie eradication program. Um, I'm looking at it. APHIS, USDA, yep. Uh, so that has been updated since the last time I talked about it on the podcast. So I'll do a podcast about that and do a podcast about biosecurity testing. And oh my God, so many things to talk about. Uh, yeah. And I need to have some time to like research. And I started a new job and it's spring and we have so much farm stuff to do. So thank you for bearing with me and I'll do my usual beginning of the podcast stuff and try to keep it brief. Um, if you're enjoying the podcast and it seems like there's uh, people have been like uh, trickling over onto the Instagram since I kind of got my act together and got some podcasts posted last month. And, uh, If you're enjoying the podcast and the best thing you can do to uh, help the podcast do better and continue to grow is to share with your friends and to subscribe and and or rate and review on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast player app, which helps the our uh, technological (laughs) overlord algorithm to know that people are listening to the podcast and people are enjoying the podcast and helps it show it to more people. So that's super helpful and appreciated. And every once in a while, I look at the Apple Podcasts reviews and appreciate them or smile or get a chuckle out of some of the comments, like how I... I can't remember if I actually said this before, so I apologize if I'm repeating myself, Um, but how I record my podcast driving down the highway with my windows open, which is not, in fact, the truth. Um, I am aware that there is vehicle noise, but, you know... I don't have time to sit at my computer in a soundproof room with all, like, noise-canceling professional stuff, so... If it's not for you, it's not for you, you know? (laughs) Uh... (laughs) 
yeah, so uh, subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Podcasts and or whatever podcast thing you like to listen through. And uh, if you want to join a group of really awesome people who um, go, like to go the extra mile and throw a couple dollars a month at supporting the podcast with like to help with like costs of podcast hosting and website costs and those kinds of things, uh, you can check out the Patreon page uh, at patreon.com slash goat doc. My main website is goatdoc.com. You can email me at goat.cara at gmail.com. You can find me on Instagram at goat underscore doc. And I realized that I forgot to say this, like the last bunch of podcasts that I have posted because I shut off notifications on my phone um, for Discord because I was getting too many notifications about other Discord servers that I was uh, subscribed to. <laughs> and um, but there's a there's a goat talk uh, Discord server, which is not like we're like there's a few people on there, and we're mostly like not saying much right now. Uh, but if you want to have another place to talk about goats, uh, come on over there and let's chat. And I'll turn notifications back on. My phone like did some major update recently, and my notifications are all messed up. So. I, like, get these messages from my friends, and it doesn't tell me for hours and hours, and I'm like, this is not how this is supposed to work. So I need to figure that out. It's one of those things where it's like, oh, we're making it better, and I'm like, no, you really didn't. Anyway, um, I think that is all the ways to contact me, and uh, I will disclaim that this podcast is provided with the intent to educate and inform. It is not a substitute for professional medical advice or veterinary care provided by your primary vet, and I strongly encourage you to establish and maintain a current and valid VCPR, veterinary and client-patient relationship with your local vet. Um, And I will also do another improvised disclaimer here that this topic of, you know, goat tracking like tracking your your herd and record keeping and registered versus not registered I am by no means an expert in this uh, I'm going to talk pro- mostly about the American Dairy Goat Association because that is what I'm familiar with but um, like also this is my opinion and I think that as I've said in the past like if we're raising livestock or animals or whatever we're doing we should be trying to make them better and more productive and more efficient and built better for long productive healthy lives and I personally think that uh, a registry a herd registry is a useful way to do that and then also a useful way to help other people do the same thing Uh, so I am obviously pro registering your goats uh, because of the tools and like support that it provides in the goal to build a better goat Uh, so if that's not your jam then you might be annoyed at me but sorry Um, so registered versus not registered what does that mean why do we care Um, etc I think that 
<laughs> and it's really, I'm going to try to be objective. I'm probably not going to do a great job at it. Sorry. I've already kind of disclaimed that, like, obviously I'm biased towards registering your animals. Um, when Devin and I started raising goats, uh, we got registered goats. Uh, we are kind of like, we like breeds of things. And we, you know, th- we both agree that there is a certain, like, there's, there's some value, intrinsic value in like maintaining an animal's breed, whether it's a dog or a goat or a horse, because like those animals have been selected over a period of time to meet certain characteristics. Uh, and I know I've talked about this in the past because I talked about like the doodle thing um, and doodles are mutts. Um, you know, like we can't, we don't as people, and this is a relatively recent phenomenon that's happened in my lifetime where it's like, we don't get to like, just be like, put two things together and call it a cute name. And then it's a breed because that is not what, what a breed technically is. I just cheated and paused to look up the Oxford language dictionary definition of what a breed is. A stock of animals or plants within a species having a distinctive appearance and typically having been developed by deliberate selection. So, yeah. I mean, I guess that definition doesn't really talk about like a time frame that this has to be over or things like that uh, but if uh, like I feel like the doodle <laughs> doodles are an easy an easy thing to pick on I'm sorry doodle people some of you some of your dogs are very nice some of them are bananas and not nice um, and that's a thing too that like has to do with a breed um, like I've met doodles like golden doodles that are a poodle and a golden retriever and I've met them where they're mature adults and they're maybe like you know 20 inches tall and weigh 50 pounds when they're mature and I've met doodles that are like 28 inches tall and weigh you know 80 pounds when they're mature and those were the same kind of breeding where it was a poodle and a golden retriever and like there's just there's too much variation there in like to say that that's a breed in my opinion and you know again someone can yell at me on the internet about this if you disagree with me but whatever I I don't know like I wouldn't take a Nubian and breed it well we've we've jokingly done this so this year Devin and I have been crossing our Nubians with a boar buck because we're looking for a little bit beefier animal for um, our meat market we've jokingly been calling them boobians and I say emphasize jokingly because there's I do not think that those boobians are a breed um could I and then so this gets into the area I guess of talking I've been off on a little bit of a tangent so is it a breed is it not a breed does it matter um maybe not necessarily because there are tools within herd registry books to keep track of the genetics of these animals um in a way that can help you make a better animal for the purpose that you're looking for in the future 
So, um, like, the if we were to register these boobians to American Dairy Goat Association. Actually, I'm not even sure what American Dairy Goat Association would do with them. I might have to register them as grade um, with an unknown sire, which is kind of inconvenient because then it discounts the genetics of the sire who we bought a really nice Borbach and the babies look really good. So with that particular situation we potentially could be looking at the boar goat association for registering these animals and keeping better track of their genetics um their progeny are not going to exist because they're going to go in the freezer but having said that like if we were to suddenly have you know hundreds of hours of free time to start showing all of our goats we could take these nubian crosses to the boar association uh shows and be able to show them there and then our buck would you know if they did well uh then our buck would earn you know points towards his whatever thing and then you gotta that's another good point to bring up and i hope that i'll be able to get this all together at some point um because there's a lot there's a lot of stuff for herd registries and like the point of them is almost like if you could pick one goal for all like what is the point of herd registries and keeping track of these animals and keeping track of what the progeny do and keeping track of what you know the for dairy goats what their lactation is like how much they're producing you know what are their components like all of these things are so that we can make them better Um, and how are we going to know if we're making them better if we don't keep track of the data this is a huge thing in the cow dairy industry because there are like way more cows in the United States that are doing dairy production and mostly Holsteins uh, than there are goats. Um, but the point of the Holstein registry or the Jersey cow registry or the, you know, La Mancha registry or the Alpine registry, like all of these things, like one of the big goals is to prove the sires of the, the next generation of progeny. So any time that we're doing something with our does, we're actually also saying, well, look, this is what their dad made because of the thing uh, (laughs) that half your herd is your buck. So, um, like, half of your genetics are coming from your buck. I keep too many bucks. We need to pare down our bucks. Um, But I also have a tank full of frozen bucks which helps me with genetic diversity and like you know seeing seeing what those animals can do um but let's say you know if we were to suddenly this year's a good example because we bred all of our first freshening does to our boar buck so all the two-year-olds first freshening two-year-olds a couple of straggling first freshening three-year-olds um they were all bred to our boar buck this year and it would be pretty it would make if we he needed to like finish up his points for his boar buck points or whatever i can't remember what they're called right now there's something else that they're called i think but to get him himself as like a a uh 
in in ADGA we call it an elite sire or elite genetics um superior genetics then this would be a great time to do it because he's got lots of daughters and mostly daughters yeah so there's ton there's however many you know 40 50 boar boobians um that potentially could go to shows and do those things and and then he would be recognized for them i don't know if i'm making sense here right now but the (laughs) the point of that um like the whole thing is to be like this buck is awesome and then once you have proven that that buck is awesome then you can be like and now we're going to spread his genetics around so we can make a better goat there are um a registry is more than just saying my goats you know have grand champions and star bees and milk stars and blah 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 it is you taking that information and saying a couple of things one is this it shows in the genetics that they have the capacity to do that a gentleman who has been involved with dairy goats for pretty much his whole life and who the family has been doing dairy goats since before i was born um said very wisely at a dairy goat uh meeting thing that i was at one time that um raising goats and raising good goats is three things it's a third a third a third it's one third genetics it's one third husbandry and it's one third dumb luck so to you get that top champion grand champion goat that is winning everything and is grand champion at nationals whatever that is the breakdown of what you've put into that goat so like you can have two out of three of those things but you're only going to be 60 percent 66 percent which is you know a d (laughs) it's passing right but it's it's not it's not doing awesome um so any of those things and i think it's a really good analogy you think about it like a stool you know the fire triangle um passing grade in school like all of those things it applies because like how you can't you're not going to have an animal of excellence without all of those things coming together synergistically so why do we do this to ourselves it's ridiculous so what and what can we control we can very easily control husbandry right to a certain extent sometimes you get those weird animals that are like i don't want to eat this or you get a disease that you know knocks your animals back a little bit Um, but in general once you've been raising animals for a while you know what they can do you know how fast they can grow you know what they do well with so once you you know kind of have a handle on that you certainly can be consistent with that and then you can control your genetics by looking at the genetics and looking at the information that's available to you if you don't have registered goats then you don't have a way of doing that um i can tell you a thousand percent for sure that if i did not have registered goats there is no way i would be able to tell you what their lineage is at this point i have raised too many goats we've had too many kids we've had i mean we don't even have that many like lines that we've used and maybe you know probably like 
single digits for sure of like maternal lines that make up the foundation of our herd and we can trace back to probably like three or four does but like if I did not have the tools provided by the American Dairy Goat Association then there's no way I'd be able to keep track there's just no way um because there's too much so you know I'm I'm only one person I only have so much room in my brain for so many things so, but like, why and why would I? Why would I want to do that to myself anyway? When they have established systems over, you know, a hundred years or whatever for like, for doing this and doing it well, um, and talking about like performance, like the performance of these animals and how do we record the performance of these animals and what are we looking for, and why is it helpful? Um, and again, all of the programs are for making better goats, and that's what we want to do. Um, and again, it's to like, I, I it ultimately, it's to go back and prove those sires. So, what kinds of things are we looking at that Adga helps us keep track of? I will try. Maybe at some point, I can try to get somebody on the podcast from Adga to talk about this stuff more coherently than I will be able to, um, because they probably have a good spiel about it. And I, like, I probably don't even know all of the things that they do. But there's kind of like three, to my understanding, again, I could be wrong about some of this stuff. Um, there's kind of three things that are like major performance aspects of uh, dairy goats that Adga can keep track of. Uh, first one is showing, which I will, you know, admittedly know the least about because I don't do it because I don't have time. Uh, and these would be ways that you, you know, get your animal to be a champion. Uh, you get its, you know, show legs. What I, and I don't even really know what that means. Uh, but you, an animal stacks up. Basically, what are we doing at a show? We're stacking up an animal against a whole bunch of other animals of the same cohort. So this age range of animals looking at each, looking at them compared to each other, and then also compared to like the ideal dairy goat standard. So what is the ideal standard? That is, uh, if you ever look at like the linear appraisal handbook on the ADGA website, it's amazing. There's so much information in there. And then comparing those animals to that standard and then comparing them to each other and see like who, who does better, what are the strengths and weaknesses and like how does that all add up? And where would you, where would this particular judge who's been through a, training process of like learning how to judge dairy goats based on this method um, how do they stack up against each other and then once they make that decision I have seen some excellent judges and really enjoyed watching them judge goats where they um, you can tell they take their job really seriously and do an excellent job explaining especially when they get down to like you know if you got a class of 30 animals you don't have time to get into the details and the minutiae of like why you placed every single one over another but I I remember going to the Freiburg Fair a few years ago it must have been before COVID now um must have been I can't remember but I remember emailing Adga because I was like this judge was awesome and I don't I don't have his email address, but I want you to pass along the compliments to him. I could tell he was taking it seriously. And when he got down to like his top three animals in a class, he very 
specifically talked about why he was placing one above the other and you know how he made those decisions and it's so interesting it's so fascinating so but that's I mean that's part of it right so that's one part of how does this animal stack up against other animals in the show ring? Um, so that's part of a performance assessment. Uh, another part is production. So milk, milk test, milk records. Um, how are we keeping track of that? We have done one season of milk test. We didn't get our act together to be on milk test, like officially um, DHIA, you know, official milk test this year. We've got to get back on the bandwagon next year. Um, so you can then have those records like we'll keep our own personal records this year but like you can have those records and see actually see what your animals are doing and it can help you make all of this stuff helps you make better decisions and be better informed about which animals are doing the best in production which animals are making the most butterfat which animals have you know the consistently low somatic cell counts how how who's making the most milk and sometimes that's hard to judge, you know, depending on how you do it. And it's harder for us to judge now that we're on a pipeline system because some goats make a ton of milk and they milk out really fast and some goats make less milk and they milk out really slow. So anyway, um, production, that's probably like the most straightforward cut and dry. Like this is how much milk they make. This is what, what you get back for, um, you know, results when you send out your sample. They tell you components. They tell you butterfat, protein, um, you know, somatic cell count, etc. And then you have that data, and it's fabulous. Um, and then finally is linear appraisal, which is instead of comparing goats to each other, it is comparing them to that dairy goat standard that I mentioned before, which is also super helpful. And also, like... It can look, in my experience, um, I've only done it once, but linear appraisal really can look at your herd as a group too. And then uh, when we did linear appraisal, the appraiser kind of chatted a little bit at the end about like what would be the things that, you know, you would work on strengthening in our herd. And that's super helpful because then you can be like, what am I looking for? Where am I going? Um, help you build a better goat. Um so there's all of those programs for ADGA, like you, your animals have to be registered with ADGA to take advantage of those programs and then be able, then ADGA keeps track of it too. So, um, there's, you know, stuff that, uh, all starts to get linked together when you're looking at, like when you go, then you go on to ADGA genetics and that links your, um, Oh, I got to go back and look and see if my like dairy results are now linked to my animals. Cause after a while, after we did our linear appraisal, then those linear appraisal results show up on ADGA genetics. And then, um, dairy, uh, milk test results should show up on there as well. So all of that stuff is super helpful to, it's just data. That's data. Um, so it's helpful to make decisions about building a better goat. It's like, nice to have facts to back up decisions because sometimes you know you certainly can make decisions based on like emotions but in this in this case like having 
facts to back up these decisions is super helpful. And am I, am I perfect at this? Absolutely not. Got too much on my plate to take advantage of all of the, the goat things that are available. Um, but when I do take advantage of them, I appreciate times 10,000 that the Dairy Goat Association is there to help keep track of these things. Um, yeah. Uh, and that doesn't even get into like other stuff that ADGA provides. So I mentioned that ADGA, adgagenetics.org, you can go in there and you can find the pedigree attached to the um, milk test results if that animal's ever been on milk test, attached to linear appraisal results if that animal's ever been on linear appraisal. Like all of these things, you can go on ADGA Genetics and you can look up any goat that's been registered to ADGA over like pretty much all time. Like I've looked up because when we have a semen tank full of, um, you know, bucks that were dead before I was born, you can go on there and you can look up all this information about these animals. Um, you can then, uh, one of the useful tools that I use on adgagenetics.org all the time is to uh, do a planned pedigree, which can then, you know, you put in your does registration number, you put in your bucks registration number, and then it will spit out a planned pedigree at you. It will tell you about inbreeding coefficient. It will tell you about which, you know, if you have an inbreeding coefficient, what are the contributors to inbreeding there. Um, and it goes back, you know, multiple generations. So it's super helpful. Um, the American Dairy Goat Association provides genetic testing. Um, one of the things that excites me, and again, that I haven't had time to really get into yet, is talking about casein. Um, so the milk protein that... Uh, for depending on what you're doing with your milk from your dairy goats, you may want low casein or you may want lots of casein. Um, if you're making cheese, you tend to want high casein. Uh, if you're look, making like animals that are doing um, like baby formula and things like that, which is to my understanding a big thing in Canada and New Zealand right now as far as goat dairy and making components for baby formula, human baby formula. I mean, you don't want casein because, like, casein can be one of the things that lactose intolerant people react to. So keeping track of those genetics is super cool and helpful. Uh, I can't remember what year we're getting to. We're supposed to all be, um, to, in order to register a buck to ADGA, then it's going to have to be DNA uh, tested, which I think is great, you know. Because um, then there's accountability. Um you know, like, can you, then you can prove DNA testing has gotten so, like, ubiquitous. You know, you can, like, swab the inside of your cheek and go send it off for genetic, genetic markers of your own self. Um, genetic testing with dairy goats, like, you send in some hairs. You pull some, some hairs and you get the root and you send those in. And then that is what, the, you know, the sampling's really easy. And uh, then that stuff can be applied to your uh your animals registration information uh g6s and nubians is another uh another thing that adga can uh test for and then also help keep track of so all of all of these tools are just super helpful um also to talk about like the registration of these animals does not necessarily mean that they have to be 
purebred animals um, there. And again, this is an area that I'm kind of learning about um, because of a sad story of uh, an AI breeding that can't be recorded because someone didn't report the semen collection back in like 1991 or something like that. It's very sad uh, because of course those does are like some of the nicest does we have and I want to use more of that semen. But um, the the American Dairy Goat Association herd, herd books are not exclusive to purebred animals uh, because like they're there's whole like grade grade animals are like you know crossbreed animals or like in this case I have several animals in my herd that are considered grade now because of that AI breeding where they have to be reported as an unknown sire unfortunately um so like you can still use all of those um, tools to help, like those animals can still go to shows, those animals can still be on linear, linear appraisal, those animals are still assigned a uh, registration number, they're still tattooed the same way, um, and they, like, they still have access to all of those things just because they are not a quote-unquote purebred animal or even if you're full-on like gonna take a La Mancha and breed it to an Alpine for whatever reason like you can still record that breeding as uh, in the American Dairy Goat Association registry especially if those animals are already registered to ADGA then you, you still have access to all of that uh, genetic information so it's not like it's an exclusion of, of certain breeds. They're all dairy goats, right? Um, yeah. I guess one other thing to kind of touch on here, and I'm hoping to hear my, one of my people at the uh, Department of Ag, I emailed to be like, can I get somebody on the podcast? If it's you, great. If it's somebody else, that's fine. Um, can we talk about like the scrapey program? Because it's the time of year where it's like spring and it's show season and everybody needs their CVIs. And I'm like, okay, well you need to have your permanent identification in order. And you know, this is how that all breaks down. And this is very challenging for goat people and it's very frustrating for me as a vet because as I have said in the past there is lots of illegal movement of and like changing of ownership of small ruminants because people just I don't know if people don't know if they think it's too big of a pain in the butt if, it, if you're like me and you look at the scrapey rule and you're like this is a hundred pages of stuff that I don't want to read in government jargon and I need it broken down in easier uh, way of speaking. That, like, whatever the reason is, small ruminant owners are bad at complying with this, and it's very, very frustrating. Um, I'm probably going to have to have a separate thing because I've talked enough about all this registry stuff right now. Um, but another advantage of being part of a herd registry is that you uh, 
this is part of your animal's permanent identification, permanent legal identification. If you're not going to put USDA tags on your animal, then it needs some other kind of permanent identification and tattoos and a herd registry certificates are uh, legal permanent identification as far as the federal government and the scrapie program. So there's that. Uh, to be to be brief about it. Tattoos don't count without a registration certificate. Registration tr- certificate doesn't count without accurate and legible tattoos. Like, we gotta be better at this, guys. There are, there are few exceptions to animals that are like, you know, it's basically young animals that are moving to slaughter are exempt from the scrapie identification requirements. So, like, for me, I don't tattoo and register or otherwise permanently identify my animals that are going to slaughter because they're there by the time they're, like, six to eight months old. And we take them directly there, and they never leave our farm otherwise. So, like, those those are the things. Scrapie's a big deal. Um, and it's one of those things of, like... Uh, similar to TB and brucellosis, like people are like, oh, well, that's not around. It's not around until it is. Um, we had chronic wasting disease of cervids in like northern, rural, like woodsy Maine uh, identified, I think, last year, or certainly, definitely in Canada, um, like closer than I was comfortable with a prion disease being to my life. So, anyway, that's, again, a topic for another time, but yet another advantage of having a herd registry that you use is that permanent identification aspect of that animal. Um, I guess one other thing to talk about is then, like, you can use your own system. Sure, you can. Um... I personally think it's easier to jump into somebody else's system, but then this is also the person who, like, I've figured out about myself at this point in my life that if I had to build a house, I would be like a deer in headlights and totally overwhelmed by all the decisions and options, and then I would just be like, screw it, I'm going to live in a barrel. Um because there's too many decisions and options. I'd rather move into something where maybe, you know, I'm not going to use all of the aspects of it, but there's a framework there that I can move into and make it work for me, which is why, like, for me moving into ADGA, ADGA's system for keeping track of my own animals works better for me than trying to come up with my whole own system from from scratch to uh, keep track of these animals. There are different programs out there that are useful for keeping track of your herd, of your animals, um, you know, whether it's an electronic system, whether it's a, like, regular Excel or Google spreadsheet type database, um, or if it's a program, we use a cloud-based software application uh, to keep track of our animals and kittings and breedings and all of these things. All of these things are easier to keep track of um, when you have a system, and the more animals you have, the more you need a system, and it's easy for... It's easy to suddenly have a hundred (laughs) goats and then you really need a system. Um, yeah. So different ways of doing that, whether some people do it on paper and they're very good and organized with that. I hate paper. I like the computer cause I like lose paper. So, you know, that's how that goes. But I guess to each their own, um, if you, uh, 
do not uh, I guess the one other thing to say about the registry system is with it being established like you can't just establish we were like well all of a sudden Devin and I are like oh we're gonna establish the flying goat farm herd registry we're not recognized by anyone but ourselves so that's you know there's nothing backing us up if we do that um it's like us saying you know oh we're gonna form our own country here and the of our our farm is now its own country there's no one if no one recognizes our sovereignty (laughs) if we're not a sovereign nation um no one recognizes that we're still part of you know the state of maine and the united states of america so we still need to follow those those rules um So there, there, like, there's give and take, I guess, on either aspect, um, and yeah. So I don't know. I don't know if any of this episode made any actual sense. I'll have to listen back to it and see how uh, rambling and or coherent I may or may not have been. Um, but that's just my opinion. I think there's a lot of advantages to having your animals registered and there's a I feel like there's a connotation with the term registered because we all tend to think oh that means it's like purebred animals and then there's this level of snobbery attached to that and it's not really that at all it's really about like record keeping and having access to tools and data which help you make your herd better and help you build a better goat so I guess that kind of summarizes my thoughts and feelings on the topic. Um, yeah, people make people make registries because like they care about what they're doing. They don't do it just for like funsies, right? Like none of us is doing this just for funsies. We care about what we're doing. We want to do a better job, and like you know it's a lot of work so why would we do it if we're not like if it's not fulfilling and this in my opinion these kinds of tools can help it help the experience of raising goats be more fulfilling and like rewarding ultimately when you make better animals so anyway um that's what i got at the moment and uh let me know if you have questions or comments or other thoughts about the topic and other stuff. I know I have to do a calcium part two. Someone emailed me recently and was like, hey, you never did hooves part two because COVID happened and then we all got like completely distracted and the world fell apart. Um, so I got to do those. I got some other things I got to talk about. Devin and I need to do tales from the farm. Uh, and yeah. But that's going to do it for the moment and I will talk to you guys next time.